This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has she been inspired by a calling, crafted her journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversation and to use it to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Rebecca Bitten, who is a seasoned business consultant, speaker, and educator with nearly a decade of empowering entrepreneurs. After her own journey through burnout and manic depressive episodes, she's now dedicated to guiding entrepreneurs in a balancing mental health, living authentically, and achieving purpose-driven success. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me, Rhonda. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. And it's so nice to see you again. Let the audience know a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and your journey, a little bit about your journey. Yes, absolutely. So I'm I'm actually born and raised here in Toronto, Canada, and I am a educator, public speaker, and mental well-being consultant. I help entrepreneurs, change makers, and business owners really get into their purpose, live their calling, and essentially work out ways and coping mechanisms and mental well-being systems to cure overwhelm and prevent burnout as i have my own lived experience as being an entrepreneur with bipolar disorder so i really help to coach my clients in a way where they are really prioritizing their self-love and their self-care so that they can continue to be successful but to do so sustainably so they can have that long-standing success that is not just external success but also internally fulfilling something that really lights them up and makes them feel like they're making a, a big impact and i help them as well on the business side to scale that impact so that they can impact more lives and get the amazing gratification from within as well. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So, I mean, there might be some people right now that are not feeling well, that are feeling not as motivated as they used to feeling a little bit tired and not really looking forward to going to work. So can you describe some of the feelings that a person would be feeling before they get to the total burnout? Because I find that there's not a whole lot of information to help people where they are until they're actually at the threshold of 
being rescued, right? Yes, absolutely. It's so important and critical for us to really identify the signs and and symptoms of Mm -hmm. any onset of burnout. So what I like to tell my clients and anyone that I that I encounter with respect to burnout is that burnout comes in many different forms. So we have physical burnout, emotional burnout. We have spiritual burnout as well. So and mental burnout, too. So in all layers of our being, there's always a, an opportunity to burn out. One of the ways that we can identify physical burnout is if we're looking at maybe sleep issues. So sleeping too much or sleeping too little, eating okay. too much or eating too little. These are more physical things. I find that most people in terms of kind of a nine to five job, they tend to have more of an emotional burnout. So this is when we're really kind of pulling away from our work. We're feeling disheartened. We're not seeing the meaning behind our work. And more importantly, we're just feeling very kind of discouraged and apathetic. So we might actually become irritable. We might really kind of lose our enthusiasm with our work. So this is really just once we start to feel very kind of strung out and we feel like our work doesn't matter, we don't matter. Those are kind of some symptoms that we can say, hey, you know, my my vibration is lower. My, my life force energy is lower. I'm feeling exhausted. I'm feeling like I'm putting out a lot more than I'm getting in, which is the case with a lot of my clients because a lot of them are empaths. So they, anybody who's an educator like myself mm-hmm. or anybody that works in the wellness industry um, or has to deal with, with people one-on-one, it can be very emotionally taxing. And I think that people don't recognize how, important that is, is that sometimes when we're giving so much and we're having that caregiver energy, we forget how important it is to avoid the cliche, but really just to fill our cup and doing it in an unapologetic way. So if we feel like we're losing interest in passions that we've had in the past, that's also a sign of burnout. So really the main thing is we're feeling underwhelmed, we're feeling exhausted, we're feeling disheartened, we're feeling disappointed. Some of us may feel lost as well. So really for me, when I identify when I'm getting to that place, I notice that in my heart, I'm feeling very deflated or if if it's an emotional thing, if it's a physical thing, like I say, I may be getting irritable. A lot of people get very irritable if they're exhausted. They tend to be very short fused. Um, They may have memory lapses as well. That's a big thing as well that people don't really talk about. The brain fog uh, is a very good indicator that you might actually be engaging and encountering mental burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you've highly demanding job, that is uh, something that you have to really invest a lot of intellect in critical thinking, decision-making that can also come into play. And the signs and symptoms for that would really just be kind of memory lapses, not remembering what you were, you know, sometimes you might be set out to work on a project, you get easily distracted. So those are some kind of symptoms for mental burnout. But it really is just to summarize, really just more of a deflation, right? We're feeling like everything is just moving in a molasses kind of energy, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, we're really just moving as if we're moving in molasses. Everything is very taxing. It really tests our endurance. It really tests our patience. And that's when we really need to seek out help. We need to take that extra time to pause. 
maybe do a digital detox, which is very helpful as well to kind of restore our energy, restore our clarity of mind, and really making sure that we identify those triggers and identify when we're losing steam so that kind of like a car, right? We're starting to see the mm-hmm. car stalling. It's time for us to, you know, get gas and get that that life force energy back. Would a person's trigger be that they're in a position, in a, a job at a company, that they have a feeling that they don't belong? This is not what they really want to do. I mean, a lot of us really get wake-up calls when we're young and we get our education and we accept a job, we're so happy and we get into that job and we're just like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be like at all. And, but you have to still perform, right? You still have to do your duty and all of that. So is there a point where we feel we're working, but we don't really love what we're doing? Can that sort of snowball into And maybe the people that you're working with are not a whole lot of fun to be around and might have negative energy and things like that. And you sort of start dreading about going to work and being at work and doing your work. Yes, it's actually a lot more dangerous than people think. I actually encountered the exact, I experienced the exact same thing. I was a brand consultant before I did anything in mental health. And I find what tends to happen is that people often will do whatever they're good at. And I always remind anybody that I serve and work with that it's not necessarily going to be something that's going to fulfill you. Sometimes the things that fulfill us are actually very challenging and very counter to our inherent nature. And that might actually be a good thing. It gives us that challenge. It gives us that uh, refreshing energy that we're doing something new and it's stimulating and it's challenging. But I noticed for myself, uh, it can very much snowball. I definitely felt a very heavy energy of imposter syndrome, which is very, very common. A lot of people don't feel like they're aligned with what they're doing. And I think that the reason for that, like I say, is that a lot of the time we're conditioned to want certain things because we're told that that's the, those are the things that we want. And those are the things that are going to make us happy. So we're focusing more on maybe the return for the, from the job. Maybe we're looking at it because it's got a good salary benefits, that sort of thing. But we lose the idea that we actually need a foundation of fulfillment because if that's not there, it doesn't matter how many benefits and gains there will be. We'll automatically feel very almost existential in a sense where we just feel like everything is meaningless. And that can actually reflect into our own perspective of ourselves, making us feel like, well, my work is not really making a difference. Therefore, I'm not making a difference. Therefore, I may not matter. And so this is where we start to see a lot of the shadow work that happens, especially with entrepreneurs, where they're feeling like, you know, they're a fake or, you know, they're, they might, in my case, I felt like I was doing something that I was good at, but not necessarily something that got me excited every day Mm -hmm. and, and gave me that why that really anchors me in those tough days. Because just because you're working in your calling or you feel like you're, living your purpose, there will always be those tough days. There will always be those days where you don't want to do it. So it's important to have that fulfilling foundation where if anytime we feel like we're moving astray from our path or moving astray from our mission, we can really anchor ourselves and say, no, I need to be here. 
My community needs me. My students need me. My customers may need me. So I would say that anybody who's feeling like that, definitely anchor into the why. So really Mm -hmm. thinking about what is my company doing for the world? What is my organization doing for the world? And feeling like you're being in, you're involved in something that's bigger than yourself will give you that kind of fulfillment where it's like, you know, maybe I work at Bell or just as an example, let's say I'm working at a corporate company and I'm thinking, ah, I'm just a number in a corporation. But if we can kind of get back in touch with, well, I'm actually working for a company that connects people, that allows people to communicate with telecommunications, let's say. So really grounding ourselves in what are we really involved with? What are we a part of? How is our organization impacting our impacting the world? And then maybe that can leave us with more satisfaction knowing <laughs> that we're doing some good. And I think that that really helped me in my own recovery with my mental illness is knowing that I was doing good is very, very satisfying and much more fulfilling. There's a great quote I remember that was told to me once, which is, if you want to feel happy, do something for yourself. If you want to feel fulfilled, do something for someone else. So I feel like if you're stuck in a position, maybe you're not able, I do help my clients actually leave their position so that they can really dive deep into their purpose-driven business. But if that's not an option, I would definitely think back on what is my company's mission statement? Why is the business that I'm working in even exist? Because if I can understand that, then I feel more fulfilled. And I'm also more valuable to the company because I'm actually embodying their business values and I'm embodying that mission. So now I feel like I'm not just a number, I'm part of something that is helping my customers have an easier and better life. So really anchoring in that why is really helpful. And it makes the job more fun too, because you can start to be creative on, hey, if this is our mission, if this is our impact, how can we maybe even improve the way we deliver that impact? And that's when you can be more creative. You're bringing more fresh ideas to the company, which makes you more valuable, which makes you have more credibility and and approval from maybe your authority figures. And it actually is just good for everybody. So definitely being intentional and understanding if I am to be in this position, in this job, how are we as a company helping people's lives? Can we get back to why we're all actually here? And I think every time we feel lost or we feel like things are meaningless, really getting back to why are we here? What is the impact that we're delivering? Mm-hmm. And so with the why, we talked about journaling earlier before the show, and let the audience know how valuable journaling is, what your practice is, and how it's helped you. Oh my goodness. I love this topic. I've been a writer first and foremost. That was my very first thing that I ever did, and I still do to this day. Mm-hmm. There's something magical that happens when we allow our minds to have the space of a blank page, there's something very sacred about that. One of the reasons why I think it's so therapeutic is that first of all, it's private. So I find that generally speaking, if we're expressing our emotions with somebody in the room, we tend to maybe even subconsciously 
filter out our thoughts and feelings because maybe we, we're not sure how it's going to be received. It tends to kind of come out differently than it is in our heads. So journaling really allows us to have that inner monologue mm-hmm. with ourselves. So it's very comforting and safe to know that we can actually just be ourselves and say what we want to say, unfiltered, unapologetic, as raw as we need to. And this can actually be really amazing for a lot of different purposes. It's extremely cathartic. Mm -hmm. It can help us process our thoughts and emotions. And what's amazing too, is that because it's on paper, I only write on paper. There's something, and they've actually proven this scientifically, there's something about putting pen to paper that allows our mental energy to just flow out onto the page. So it's really just about narrowing the gap between what we are thinking and feeling and what shows up on the page so that we can actually look back and say, hey, I really do know how I feel about this person, or I really do know how I feel about this situation. For me, I love to write in the morning and at night. So I like to write the first thing in the morning because I love it. It's actually from uh, Julian Cameron when I was studying Julian yes, Cameron. The artist one. Yes. And I've yes. done morning pages for years. And what it's done for me is it's provided me with a very keen and sharp mirror into myself. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge thing, especially for myself in the sense, because I feel like there's a lot of layers to our consciousness. And we may not be be actually conscious of any kind of underlying feelings and thoughts and emotions that are happening underneath all those conscious layers of functionality, being practical, living in the in the worldly realm, mm-hmm. yeah. going about our days. But what's happening under those layers? Mm-hmm. And writing really allows us to dig that up and let us actually see it for what it is so that we can gain that self-awareness and be able to get to know ourselves even better so that we can see any underlying issues that do need our attention that we may have been denying or rejecting as we move through this life. So showing up on the page is really just showing up for ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's also really amazing, especially when it comes to any kind of trauma response. It's a really great way of getting back in touch with what is my truth, right? It really gives us the power of the pen, which is saying, you know, everybody else has their perspective on whatever situation it is that I'm reflecting on, but what is my truth? What is my story? Even if I don't feel comfortable in the moment to share my truth, I can definitely share it on my pages. And that those pages can be the story of my life. They can be a story of my evolve, of my evolution. So the beautiful thing there is that you can write it, but then you can also read it again. Mm-hmm. I still do that. I mean, I have tons of journals and it's amazing because it's almost like every journal is just another life. For me, it's like, oh, wow, like that was another life. And it's amazing as a progress tool too, because you can say to yourself, oh, wow, like I was really having a hard time with this a a year ago. Now I don't feel that way. Or, you know, hey, that was actually very traumatic for me. I didn't realize how traumatic that was. Again, Mm -hmm. we cover up all of these subconscious thoughts and feelings with layers of consciousness. 
right? So there's me, what I'm doing right now in this moment. There's me, what I'm, what I'm doing in the next hour. There's me that happened yesterday. So really kind of going deep into ourselves and saying, you know, what's really going on here? How can I share my story? How can I represent my voice? And how can I face myself so that I can master myself? Yes. One of the things I do, I'm a journaler too, and I've journaled on and off, just like I've meditated on and off for years. I find that journaling is, um, as you say, it's a window. It's a window into your soul. And where that happens is when you ask the age old question, like, why am I here? And you keep on asking that and asking it and asking it. And those life questions, I think, are wonderful to journal with, because as you say, it's your own private journal. Nobody, you know, as well, you have to hide your journal if you think somebody's going to read it. But, you know, it's sacred. And it is a place where you can recognize your growth and look back and say, oh, I can't believe that, you know, I thought that way or that's what happened to me and I did okay dealing with it. But it's also the skills that you're developing over the years, especially when you do it for years, is the evolution of yourself and the evolution of your soul. Because some of this stuff that comes up in your life is your soul nudging you Mm-hmm. And nudging you to make a different choice, mm-hmm. a different decision, to go down a different road. A lot of us are getting many opportunities because it's, you know, just the pandemic and Zoom has just opened up that you and I can, you know, we're two, three hours apart, yet we're still talking here today, which is really, really nice. And so, I think that there are things, well, I know myself and my soul's journey is that I have been nudged and then asked and then demanded to enlighten and continue the evolutionary process of my soul, because that's why my soul's here. And I think that the journaling, and I really love the artist's way, and that's why I began journaling, was uh, reading that book and following her instructions, is that... We actually can create our own life instead of bouncing off everybody else that we see and all other things that come across our path. And so there's, I just go back to the opportunities. There's so many opportunities for us. And I'm like a kid in a candy store. I want to take all of them. Um, But I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time left in my life to take advantage of all of them. And so it's paying attention and listening. And we can do this through meditation is to which one is right. If you even have the time to do that, (laughs) which one is right for me. And so how did it help you? So I actually think that for me, and the thing is, is that I've been journaling since I would even say high school, because I've always been a writer. That's Mm -hmm. always been my creative outlet. And the reason for that is, first of all, I love language. Second of all, I find that for me, when I first started writing, I actually started writing poetry before anything else. And what I love about poetry, and now I teach poetry, is that I love the idea of giving my soul a language where it can really, really say what it means. 
And I find that when it comes to poetry and I tell my students all the time, it's not dead because poetry allows us to explain the unexplainable. It allows me to get into the very visceral side of my emotions. So for example, if I'm thinking about, you know, the glare that I got, let's say, I'm just giving an example. Let's say yeah. I'm talking about yeah. a glare that my partner gave me yeah. after a fight and it triggered me in some way or something like that. I can say that that glare was an ice shard to my heart. And I can feel that. I can feel that ice shard. I can yes. feel that cold cut, right? And so it gets me to get really grainy and gritty and raw about how I feel. And not just about how I feel, but also about my mm. thoughts. I do love to do stream of consciousness writing as well. I actually consider it almost like, uh, I do it in the morning in the sense because I consider it almost like draining the pipes. It's almost like just clearing away the sludge in my head where I'm decluttering any kind of thoughts that are residual, that are not in my best service. It's a good way for me to purge that on the page. So you're just sitting there with pen and paper and you're just whatever is in your consciousness, you're getting out and laying it down as bad, good, bad, and ugly is all there. It's all there because... What my, my, what my understanding is, is that I have patterns of thought going, yes. we all do. We have a reel that goes and goes and goes and goes. So whether we're conscious or not, those thoughts are being thought and those feelings are being felt. So mm-hmm. the, our level of awareness, and this is why I love meditation, is because it allows me to be very heightenedly aware mm-hmm. of what's going on beneath so that I can manage it. I can declutter. I can renew. I can uh, contest maybe some thoughts Mm -hmm. um, that come up and say, hey, you know, that wasn't a very empowering thought. Where did that come from? Where am I getting that story from? Sometimes our thoughts are not even ours. Sometimes our thoughts are actually stories that have been told about us from other people. I see Mm -hmm. this happen with clients all the time where they'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm this way. And I'm like, well, who told you that? Because I don't think that's how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. So getting into that stream of consciousness allows us to identify all of the voices that are going on. And it allows us to kind of have that uh, almost like a coliseum in a way mm-hmm. where it's like the full opera is, is open. You know, all voices are singing. Let's get them all out and work with them. That's the main thing too, is that, On the one hand, it's very releasing. On the other hand, it's also empowering because now I know what I can do with it. Now I know what thought patterns are are running rampant so that I can better manage them because we have to be very conscious about these thought patterns. I mean, I know you were talking about the soul. When I was going through my experience with bipolar and I was at my worst with my depression, I had this extremely negative reel of thoughts and it was it was endless and it was just criticism of myself after criticism of myself over and over and over again until I actually embodied those thoughts and feelings of myself. I became that person. And this is why my brand is is being become is mm-hmm. because what we are thinking and feeling on the inside 
is what we manifest into who we are and how we show up in this world. And that also will change our reality. So I find that with writing, it allows me almost to do almost like a deep cleaning Mm -hmm. of my soul's kingdom in a way. How can I keep it clean? How can I keep it pure? How can I keep it um, true? Because sometimes our thoughts are lies. You know, there's this very common thing that thoughts are not facts. Mm -hmm. Really doing that, that internal journaling allows us to open the floodgates and find out what's happening beneath us, um, what's happening under our skin so that we can get to know it and actually work with it. I always tell my clients, you know, it's great to put it on paper, but work with it. Now that you have Mm -hmm. all of this internal intelligence, right? It's very much like any other intelligence. Like in, in military, we have intelligence, right? Our writing allows us to tap into that intelligence, that internal intelligence, so that we can figure out how we can really leverage or downsize any thoughts and feelings that are serving us and not serving us as well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, um, you know, when you put your thoughts down on paper, then you leave them there and it frees your brain up. Because I think each day, 97% of the thoughts that we have today are the same ones that we had yesterday. Well, that how's that helping me, if that's what's going on? And so it's a really, it's really beneficial what you're talking about, because when you get those things down on paper, and you see them, and you see how unimportant they are, because when they're swirling around in your head, they feel also important. Yes. And uh, and the other thing is meditation. I find that meditation quiets the mind and tells the roommate in the head to like um, take off. You know, <laughs> I'm done with you right now. And uh, so I think it's really good advice. It's really good training. And it really is a window into our soul. Um, and so that we can free ourselves up so that we can be the best version of ourselves. Because when we become the best version of ourselves, we are truly in the in the full essence of why we've come here anyway. And then we're in a position of serving and serving others and being kind to others because we've, during our evolution of journaling and meditating, we've learned to appreciate ourselves, to be kind to ourselves, to be loving to ourselves, to land in our heart as many times as we can during the day instead of our brain. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we can see other people struggle and help them with that. Whether it's just, uh, I'm thinking about you today, I I see that you're not doing so well, or uh, just listening to somebody who is carrying quite a burden and then blessing them. And I think that's a big deal. There's a lot of people that are running a reel, mm-hmm. like they're running a reel in their life as well. Mm-hmm. And they don't really know how to step off of that mm-hmm. and get in tune with themselves because a lot of the times we put our true essence of who we are in the background so that we may produce, be productive and, you know, get the paycheck. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor, Cymatrax. And today we have the wonderful pleasure of speaking with Rebecca Bitten, and she's going to let you know how you may reach out to her and what type of offering she has. Yes, thank you so much again. This, was, this has been an amazing experience, amazing topics. 
so for getting in touch with me, uh, the best way to get in touch with me is you can go onto my website. It's be and become coaching.com. So be as in being and become as in becoming the be and become coaching.com. You may also find me on Instagram where I'm constantly, uh, I'm, I'm constantly sharing mental health resources, mm-hmm. strategies, coping mechanisms, really tools and strategies that you can really use in your daily life to overcome stress, burnout, overwhelm, and get you back to a place of groundedness, gratitude, and prosperity. And finally, I am also hosting my own speaking engagement, uh, which is my Being Become Virtual Summit. This is an incredible lineup of, I believe we have about 22 speakers. We have about 22 speakers, two days full of incredible human uh, transformation stories to uplift, inspire, and empower. So I hope to see everyone there. And all the information is on the website. You can sign up on the website of beingbecomecoaching.com if you would like to attend. It is free and it will be live. So you can catch it live. And if you send me an email, Rebecca at bbconsulting.biz, I can also uh, email you the replay if there's ever anybody who cannot make it. Wonderful. Sounds exciting. Yes, it is very exciting. I love lining up diverse speakers. It's amazing how aligned we are in our mission. And yet the way that we tackle it and the way that we come from so many different backgrounds culturally and professionally is really, really amazing. And Mm -hmm. I always like to ensure that my speakers are very story-based. I believe that we learn best and connect best to stories. So no promotional pitches here. It's going to be very raw. It's going to be very genuine and people are going to be very vulnerable. Even the ones that are at the top of their practice and at their top of their field, we're going to be really sharing those vulnerabilities so that we can really just inspire hope that all of these challenges are actually for our best service and they are character building. And that's the theme of, of this um, summit Just is, beautiful. is really just about the capacity for all of us to tr- truly transform. I, I just love it. And, you know, people who are just starting their journey, it's wonderful for them to attend as well, because I think it's all inclusive that watching speakers who are storytelling about how they've gotten to where they've gotten to and the bumps and bruises along the way, it's not, we're not saying that this journey is easy. Even when you are on your walk, that is the true essence of who you are. The journey doesn't mean that the journey is easy because you're still going to have obstacles. But the fact that you and the other speakers are putting their hand out and helping the ones that are starting out get to where they're going. And I love that because so many people are at different levels Mm -hmm. and it's the ones that are just embarking is don't feel that you shouldn't go because you absolutely should go. It'll be the best thing that you've ever done. What extraordinary discovery have you found in your life, Rebecca? So I actually have to say there's two things and they're actually very connected. So one of the incredible things that I have found 
has actually came out of my darkest times. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why, just as a quick mini version of that answer, I will say that I'm actually excited about obstacles. I'm excited for challenges. I'm excited for failures because anytime I've had that, I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, being someone that's bipolar and have had the full spectrum of depression, anxiety, mania, um, psychosis, every one of those states of beings taught me something. Yes. So for example, depression taught me the power of momentum. I mm-hmm. found that when I was in my recovery with my depression, it was all about baby steps and really learning that those baby steps really got me off and, and, and back on my feet. So it really taught me the lesson of slow and steady really re- wins the race and baby steps do accumulate to well-being. So going back to what you were saying with people who are just starting out, mm-hmm. don't be so attached to the outcome. When I was at my worst depression, I couldn't expect that just because I had a couple of good days, my depression was over. It was something that I had to continue with every day. Same thing with, and another thing that I learned as well with my anxiety, I learned the power of presence and how important it is to be here and now, because when I was a, when I had my anxiety, I was really ping-ponging from panic, fear, and basically living in the future, which was robbing me. It was mm. robbing me of, of all joy. Yeah. And I found that when I am internally joyful and I'm choosing joy, everything works out. So I had this kind of episode and before that I was all about, like, as I was saying with you earlier, with my speech, inner success is the, is the new success. Yes. I recognized that I felt that cause I had a few episodes and I found that after my first or second episode, and I was only t- about 23, 24, I thought that as long as I have my life figured out and set up, I should be healthy. And that was never the case. And it took me, it took me three to four manic depressive episodes to learn that what is going on outside of me is not going to feed me internally. So Mm -hmm. I need to live and be, this is why I say be from the inside out, not from the outside in. That was my biggest discovery is that as long as I am nourishing myself, my mind, my heart, my soul, my hunger for learning, and I am well, everything is well. Mm-hmm. When I was in my worst depression, I had that negative reel. That negativity actually fully manifested. Everything that I said that I was, I used to think I was really dumb. I, I kept telling myself that I was dumb. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, I had brain fog. And it was like, I am manifested whatever relationship that I have with myself manifests into my, into my reality. And so that's why I'm a big advocate of really redefining success so that we are living from the inside out. This is the way that we can retain our authenticity. It's a way for us to combat any imposter syndrome. This is really about getting real with who we are so that we can walk authentically and not be worried about 
getting lost on our path or getting lost on ourselves or losing touch with who we are. Again, going back to that anchor, you know, why am I here? The purpose was my way of kind of securing that well-being, knowing that I'm here for a purpose mm-hmm. and, and finding that through joy. Once I was able to identify what brings me joy, that led me into my purpose. And then my purpose led me to this quest and journey of really healing from the inside out, really overcoming challenges and having internal triumphs, which has really, really showed up in my reality. So in long story short, I would say biggest discovery is stop reaching outside of yourself for what you want to feel inside of yourself. Start from the inside, cultivate a sense of joy and you will manifest whatever reality that you have from within. If you are internally angry, the universe will give you reasons to be angry. If you are internally resentful, the universe will give you more reasons to be resentful. If you are, same thing, you know, fear, anxiety, all of these troublesome emotions show up and we see them show up. But what I like to do is share a message of hope that in the same way that the negative emotions show up in our life, so do our positive emotions. So do our empowering emotions. When we're standing in our power, the universe meets us where we are. So if I'm, if I'm operating in a, in a, in a state of gratitude and feeling excited about the impact I'm giving, the universe helps me. It's happened so many times where if I am helping myself, that help towards myself gets easier, right? I'm getting resources all of a sudden. I'm getting relationships all of a sudden. Opportunities like this show, Mm -hmm. right? The universe will meet you where you are here and where you are here. Beautiful, because a lot of, you know, it's such great teachings because, you know, I've talked to different people over my span and they say, I don't believe manifesting my life, but you are manifesting it where you are right now. That's your manifestation. And so when people sometimes when they want good things to happen, they give up after thinking about it and cultivating it and writing it. They just say, oh, I'll just give up. Sometimes that's when it happens. And then going back to, I knew it wouldn't, I knew it wouldn't work. You know, I tried it. But the thing is, is they're continually to manifest their life through their thoughts, their actions, and the people that they surround themselves with. Rebecca, do you feel that you've been called to your journey, crafted it, or a bit of both? This is an amazing question. I would have to say it's both. I do believe that when it comes to progress, especially internal progress, I do believe that there is an energy exchange. Yes. So in terms of how I do I feel called? I do feel called because the with everything that I've gone through in my life, after I've gone through my healing period and I was able to get into a place where I could reflect and go back to those old journals and and step into those different uh, past consciousnesses. Yes. I knew that there was a reason why I was going through this. I knew there was a reason why I love working with young people, right? It's because I was meant to do what I'm doing now, which is Mm -hmm. empowering people to meet their potential. Because like I said, all the pain 
prepared me for it. Mm -hmm. So in a way I do feel called on it because I believe that my soul chose these challenges. My soul chose to have the pain, right? And that's, that's why I feel I'm called to it because I wouldn't be going through it if it wasn't so that I can help other people get through it too. And another thing I would say is I do feel like I crafted the journey as well because again, it has to have action. I think that's one of the reasons why people don't understand manifestation. People think that putting a vision board on a wall, suddenly it's like magic. Like, oh, this is like a a, a lamp of genie that I can just rub and it's going to show up. Doesn't work like that. It's a give and take. I do believe that it is really a, a, a spiritual relationship almost, right? Yes. You get what you put in. That's why when it comes to talking with people with depression, just put in a little bit. It's like if you walk two steps forward, the universe will just lightly nudge you another two steps forward. So it becomes a situation where the more that I, I work towards who I want to become, the more the universe creates the conditions and the environment for that to truly take hold and grow into, like I say, the the notion of be and become. We have to have this dance. There needs to be a dance between our vision, what what sources of joy we have. So understanding what makes me feel lit up right? That was my biggest discovery when, when I needed to really secure my recovery was how can I best understand myself so that I know what Mm -hmm. lights me up because whatever lights me up is for me. And, and when I really started doing that work, it brought me to a place to say, yes, this is what I'm called to do. But I do believe that it also is very much crafted because we do have to make decisions. Mm -hmm. We have to be active players in our story. No one's writing our story for us. We are both, we're both the author and the protagonist of our story. So it's a bit of both. There is, um, I do believe that there is a higher power. There is um, a consciousness that like you said, kind of nudges us in directions. Mm-hmm. It gives us open doors and shut doors. Um, yes. But I do believe that we really do need to make those steps. And when we are making those steps, we're showing that exchange that yes, we're looking to move this, this forward mm-hmm. and we're receiving help and the environment to do so. So it's definitely been a bit of both. Understanding that my pain has a purpose and that all of this was for a reason and that there was meaning behind it fills me up with my meaning and fills me up with what my calling is so that I can make those decisions to craft and design the life and journey that I wish to cultivate and create. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Thank you so much. You know, you're going to touch a lot of people with your messages and you know, with your courses and speaking, I mean, you, um, you know, I, I always think that our souls are keep on conditioning us for the next level and challenging us to meet that because there's so much that we can accomplish in this lifetime. And, you know, thinking back to Elvis Presley, when I first went to Graceland 
And when I went to Memphis, went to Graceland, went into his home, and it was before they had moved his trophies out of the house and walked into the room and turned around and looked at a wall that was, I don't know, it was, you know, maybe 18 feet tall and probably, you know, 30 feet wide, full of all his records, gold, and even the ones that weren't gold. And I was astounded, overcome by emotion to think that that man in his short life accomplished so much. And it really inspired me. If he can do that in 20 some years, how come we're not (laughs) given everything that we can to help people in our lives? Yes, it's an amazing idea. And, And again, always be mindful too. Uh, of what we see on the outside too, right? Because yes, we always only see the result. We don't see the the process. And yes. that's why I love to share stories because it, it it honors that process so that it's not just, you know, gold on the wall. It's, yes. It's really the kicking up the dirt and and making those moves and, and crafting our, our trail and blazing that trail. Yes, crafting our journey and blazing our trail. Thank you so much, Rebecca, uh, for being on this show. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you more. And I look forward to meeting up with you again. Likewise, I I really appreciate this time. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.